it is a book which is really about bringing you back to your state of wholeness and being in touch with the truth of who you are uh, beyond the beliefs, the stories, the situations and the things that have happened in your life. It's actually removing those layers so you get back to the essence of who you are and express that in the world. That's my guest, Lisa Archer, talking about her choice of life-changing book, which is The Energy Codes by Dr. Sue Morta. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Big Happy Life podcast for 2022. I'm Natalie Britt and I'm a coach, trainer and hypnotherapist. And this week I'm talking to fellow coach and friend Lisa Archer about her choice of life-changing book. This is a longer episode than I usually put out, but this book is about the world beyond the physical world. It's about the world of energy and understanding it. And this topic is a hard one for a lot of us to get our heads around. And I really thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed talking to Lisa because certainly for me, the world of energy requires an explanation from somebody with a really analytical mind for me to get it. And with Lisa's background in forensic science and then going on to become a chiropractor and then going on to become a coach, she's able to look at this kind of information from so many vantage points and ask some incredible questions about how we understand the world of energy and how we make use of the information we find in really practical ways that improve our lives. So in this episode, Lisa talks about her experiences with the world of energy, what got her into it, and also talks about the information shared by Dr. Sue Morta in the book, The Energy Codes. And so it's kind of a mix of life experience, our experiences of understanding the world of energy, and also just talking about the book itself, the lessons that are included within it, and how those lessons have shaped what Lisa and I think and do in our own lives and also share with our clients. I found this conversation utterly fascinating. I could talk to Lisa all day. I hope you find our conversation equally fascinating and I would highly, highly recommend you get the book, The Energy Codes by Sue Mortar. So let's dive in. thank you yeah yeah I'm very well thank you it's it's all it's sort of new territory at the moment not being in chiropractic anymore but it's exciting and there's like you know all the things that I want to put in place I can finally have the chance and the opportunity to to be there doing it and then part of that is actually getting opportunities like this is being able to come and speak to other people and to get you know opinions and views out there that help people to think in a different way about what might be affecting them uh, and what's showing up in their life and to share you know the kind of things that have helped me um so that then again it just gives more opportunity the more people know about these different things i think the better it can be mm. um and anything that helps us help ourselves is always useful isn't it yeah absolutely <laughs> well that was why so that was why i reached out to you because you posted on facebook about yeah. a book called the energy codes and said basically if the house was on fire and you could leave carrying only one thing yeah. it would be that book so of course yeah. naturally I then ordered the book and yeah. can totally see why you chose it yeah. um it, it's really it's blown my mind um I want to say it's blown my body but that sounds really weird because <laughs> she's taking us she's taking us beyond the mind so yeah before we start talking about the book though yeah um, you work with female business owners and you kind of help them get out of their own way. Um, yeah. You know, if things are not working the way they want them to in the business and they've tried marketing strategies and they've tried this and they've tried that and they still find that they're circling back around and around, then what you have found is that it tends to be that there's some kind of stuckness perhaps in them um, or some pattern. Conscious patterns as well. You know, yes. often we don't realize that we're doing the thing that we still keep doing, even though it's still getting us the same response. And even though actually we're not enjoying doing the thing, mm. <laughs> but yeah, those patterns of, of thoughts, beliefs, behaviors, habits, emotions, all of those things that are just remaining the same mm. is to, to bring awareness to it really, first of all, 
um, because as somebody once said to me, is that you can't read the label when you're in the jar. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> is, you know, helping somebody to see the pattern is the first part for any level of change work, isn't it? And mm. then, okay, so what do we do with this now? We know that we're aware of this belief and this behavior and this thought pattern is how do we shift that? And I, I love doing it on, a, on the level of the mindset but also on the level of energy. So bringing it back to your body as well, because yeah. those two things together for me are what have made an enormous difference in my life. And, and I really love to, to combine that aspect. Mm-hmm. And that was another reason why I wanted to talk to you, not just about the book, but also about your work and the kinds of things you do yeah. in your work and in your own life, because mm. I'm sort of, I'm going to refer to this as the world of woo, the, the, the <laughs> yeah, energy, yeah, yeah. right? So you know, for me, a sort of a 10 is like, you know, we're going to commune with angels. That's like, we've gone right into a 10 in the world of woo. And a, a one or a zero is like, none of this is real. It's total garbage. We are only here as matter. And then we're just going to disappear and there's nothing. Yeah. Um, so two things on that scale. Number yeah. one, where would you place the energy codes by Dr. Sue Morta? Where would you place that on the scale of woo? Oh, wow. Um, well, I guess it depends which part of the book that you're reading. Because <laughs> it's point. all in there. But with, one of the reasons I love it is because it combines the science side of things mm. with the more woo. So it doesn't shy away from the esoteric things that if you just looked at that on its own, I mean, for me, if I'd have read something that was just that level of woo, let's just say in the past, I'd have been like, yeah, whatever, mm. put that down, not interested. That's just for weirdos. Um, but um, it has the science in there as well. Mm. So the, the science of what's happening in your brain, the neuroplastic changes and things that are happening, how it can influence your hormones, all of those things are in there. And that was what got me into this stuff in the first place, actually via Joe Dispenza's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, again, does that very beautifully, is kind of marry together the, the scientific um, aspect of what's happening when you're meditating and how that influences your life and how you can create change with it but then also goes into the wider implications of you know the miraculous healings that people achieve and all those kind of things and he himself has his his own story of healing as does Dr Sue mm. um, and yeah you know there's some things within there where I think if you were just to read that part of their story you might think then oh it's just it's okay for that person they can do do that and it's not for me but I think the science kind of brings it into a more um the level of acceptance that we have about things like that um I suppose and yeah I mean for me years ago if you just told me I I would meditate and do breath work I'd have you know told you to do one uh, because it was just for people with too much time on their hands and you know I wasn't into all of that garbage as you put it as well (laughs) so what got my foot in the door because I had a very analytical science-based mind um and still do but uh, but it was very shut off to anything else in the past and I lived entirely in my head about things but because I was so in my head that was my door my entry point in was through the through the science through the you know this is what happens this is with the physical changes that happen in the body these are the things that can occur before then I was open to understanding the wider implications of that on on Mm. the on the level of energy and then um yeah going from there so guess back to scale of one to ten let's put it at a five then because (laughs) um, because it's all in there and uh but you you could read some pages of the book and think that it's a a ten on the scale of woo Mm -hmm. um and then there are other parts that where you like, no, fully into the science and the research that backs this up and all of that. And it's, you know, again, it becomes, mm. I don't want to say more realistic because it's all real. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, if for anybody who's out there that's like me that has the analytical science based need to prove kind of mindset or you know, what's it all for, um, that gives you that. Yeah. Yeah, and I found the same because I have the same type of mind, which my second question was going to be about asking you about where you would see yourself on the scale. Um, But I think you sort of answered that in terms of you need it backed up, but you also recognize that there's something there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's the reason that I'm asking that question is because it's something that I'm, I'm sort of 
still trying to figure out myself. You know, yeah. I started out with when I first started looking at becoming a coach. Um, well, actually, when I first was a coach, I was working very much in the corporate world and very much about, you know, do this to get that. Um, yes. Very much rooted in the it's just what you can see and feel and hear and touch and taste. Yeah. Um, but then I moved into the world of mindset and that became about the stories that we tell ourselves and the beliefs that we hold and the, the words and, and the experiences that are traveling through our minds and being able perhaps to access and use those. But this has shown me that there's another layer behind that. that yes. um, <laughs> And, and I think that's the thing. And I suppose that's where what I mean by the scale of woo is like, I don't know that you can go straight from things you can see and hear and feel and taste and touch directly into, okay, let's commune with angels. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like th there's a, there seems to be a path that these things follow. Yeah. So before we talk about the book and the lessons and how mm. that's really impacted your life um, and how you've used it and what it's done, um, I'm interested to know about the unfolding of that process for you and like, you know, what opened you to even considering it in the first place? Okay. Um, and also off the back of that, how do you see that unfolding happening in the people you work with? Okay. So, I mean, for me, um, I had a accidental experience of what it's like <laughs> to, uh, to feel to no, I didn't even understand it at the time. But for my energy system, for me to be aware of that, and it was at a, a Joe Dispenza event. So we'd done a walking meditation. So you go out at like six a.m. and we we're walking around this park that was behind a hotel. We we're in Bonn in Germany, um, and at the end there was a part where you sit down on the ground and you're doing some breathing and. At that moment, I had an experience where it felt like, I can only describe it as like lightning, came up from underneath me and some came down from above me, met at the level of my heart and then exploded out in every direction. And I used to not be able to talk about this without crying because it felt so profound. It was just like in that moment, nothing mattered. And I could have laughed at the ridiculousness of it all it was like I was everything and nothing all at once and the only thought that came to my mind is no matter what everything's going to be okay and the feeling of peace that came with it and just a complete dropping of resistance to anything in life had just gone and in that moment it was just the deepest level of peace and satisfaction and I guess self-love and all of the things I've ever felt all at once and it was very weird and Dr. Joe has a great way of describing um, this particular thing, which is like, it's the most familiar, unfamiliar thing. And that's exactly it. Cause like, I'd never felt that before, but it was like, I'd always known it. And, and it was, I can only imagine like all parts of me coming back together, coming into coherence at that moment. Mm. But I, I didn't get it to such a time. So I went right up into my head about, well, what was all of that? Um, but my, my, my feeling at the time was I just, if I could bottle this and give it to people, that's what I would like to do. And so I kind of tried to think of, well, how am I going to get this into my chiropractic business? Because that's what I was doing at the time. And, you know, trying to shoehorn, oh, no, it must be using meditation. If I just bring meditation in with my patients, then it's going to work and all of this and started creating some things. And it just wasn't like getting any traction or going the way I wanted it to. And I'd, I'd just gone right up into my head about it all. <laughs> and, you know, what was that? And I need to know, and I need to be able to give that to other people. And it really took time for me to understand what that was in terms of the, the energy shift that had happened. And then it, it's not about recreating that, but I guess the, the thing I enjoy now with coaching is getting people to that experience of, everything's going to be okay and that you know and it comes from within like I didn't get that feeling because I'd suddenly earned a lot of money or because I'd suddenly got the partner of my dreams or because I'd suddenly got something outside of me that I'd been desiring that I thought would make me feel better mm. it was a moment of just you know unadulterated <laughs> amazingness that that came from seemingly nothing you know and so it, I 
what I guess I realized was that capacity is there and it comes from in, in, within you. It, it isn't something that occurs. So yes, it occurs at the end of a meditation, but that capacity was there. That just was the thing that allowed me to get out of my mind enough to feel it. Um, and so, yeah, it took me a while after that to, to really sort of, um, I guess, under, not understand it, but just make something out of it that I felt was getting me more towards where I wanted to be with it. So that, that uh, process of being able to share what that is with other people. Um, and I think that that then comes from the mindset and the understanding of the things that are in your way and being able to move that, but also shifting the energetic aspects of you as well, which is what's oftentimes causing those beliefs as well. So, and then learning more about the energy system because it, it put me right into going, okay, right, I need to know more about this and I need to understand more about the energy system. And um, I guess a big aha moment with that was um, that the mental body layer of us is one layer and then that feeling emotional body layer is another layer. And when you step out into that, that's feeling the visceral sensation of something as opposed to calling it the emotion. And this is where Dr. Sue's work kind of explains those sorts of things. Um, so, yes, I mean, I can't remember the first part of your question <laughs> where we got to with that. Um, so how it's shown up in my life and what, what I've um, done with that from there was, I guess, is finding a way to make it accessible for myself um, with practices, yes, to, to challenge my thoughts, to become aware of things, and then also how I can create shifts within my, my own energy system that I all of a sudden had that experience of feeling to take it back to that experience of wholeness when it's not there. Mm. Um, and that, yeah, the distortion that shows up in my energies, that then shows up as distorted patterns of thinking of behaving of doing things um and having practices to be able to change that which is what I, dr sue's book has brought me to <laughs> so yes you know it's useful having the meditations but the one of the things i love about this is when you can come to using a practice like breath work that's something you can do in the moment if there's situations happening in life where you're like, oh, well, I need to go off and meditate about that <laughs> to create the change, it's, you know, yes, you can be setting time aside daily to do something like that. So you're already setting yourself up in a good way. But in the moment when the proverbial is hitting the fan, breath work is something you can access straight away there. And what that's, um, how that's showing up in your body, why it feels like the proverbials hitting the fat. You can work with what that feels like and create in the moment shifts to change that as well. So bring yourself back onto you mm. instead of getting scattered off into the uh, beliefs about, I can't handle this, what's going on. Um, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, they did this, I've done something wrong. Um, all of the lovely stories. <laughs> yes, yes. I think, I think that, I mean, there's so many questions that I want to ask you based on what you've said, but I'm also very conscious of the fact that I haven't actually asked you to just give us a bit of an overview of the book, yeah. what it's about, okay. who it's for, what problem yeah. it solves or whatever, any of that. So before I ask you all of those questions yeah. and we go into that world, can you just give us a summary in, in your view of, yeah. you know, what it's all about that book? Okay, so it is a book which is really about bringing you back to your state of wholeness and being in touch with the truth of who you are uh, beyond the beliefs, the stories, the situations and the things that have happened in your life. It's actually removing those layers so you get back to the essence of who you are and express that in the world. And so for some people that might be healing from an illness, for other people it may be just changing their, the way they relate to themselves and to others, uh, it can be applicable in business and things like that. It's really, this, there's something in that book for everyone, because it is it's really just taking you back to the truth of who you are. And, and that might sound like a simple thing. And, you know, that's a, a sentence that gets trotted out a lot, isn't it? Oh, just be yourself and everything will be okay. But, and I guess to me, actually, this brings me back to my experience again. That experience was a remembering. 
it was coming back to a knowing like there was a bit of me that I'd or parts many parts that I'd forgotten or, or pushed under the bus or whatever and in the moment they were all there again and it, it's just peeling back your the layers of what's between our conditioned selves and how we have to or believe we have to show up in the world and actually who we really are hmm. I love that phrase the conditioned self because that, that is what we become conditioned yeah. by our environment by the relationships by what it means to be a good girl or a good boy yes yeah. all the rules that we've learned what it means to be successful what it means Absolutely. to be worthy or worthwhile or enough or whatever yeah Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And things that are picked up before you've even realised, you know, and it's it's not that um, we're not blaming this on families or anything mm. like that, but it's it just circumstances um, and, and things happening at a time of life before we were able to make a conscious choice about that. So yeah. it's, it's bringing you, it's awakening that consciousness within you again of, of your choices, your decisions, who you are, what you think about things, and none of the shoulds. <laughs> if I could remove one word from the English language. <laughs> Should. I know, I know. But then I suppose this is also what this book is about. It's like, it's almost soaking through the layer of the words in the stories, where should is irrelevant because the story is irrelevant. And... Yeah. And there's something beneath that or behind it or beyond it or whatever word is the right word. I'm not sure what the right word is. That's the yeah. thing about this world. And this is one of the things I have always found so frustrating and probably why I've always kind of dismissed it mm. is for somebody with a mind that likes rules and likes, you know, things that can be shown in a lab and experimented and, you know, like mm -hmm. here's what I did and here's what happened. Um, I've often found when I talk to people who who work in this world, that language doesn't support it very well. It's quite difficult. Like, even if you think about the experience you had. Yeah. If you could sort of drop that into my mind <laughs> as I like, <laughs> I, you know, for me to go, oh, I feel it, I understand mm -hmm. it, like I connect with it. Yeah. And you didn't have to get it to me via language yeah how much more powerful it would be that you'd be able to communicate what you went through and what it was like but you have to use words and only the words that are available to us and so it's almost like the world of energy is quite difficult to bring into this world because we can only do it via language and language doesn't always support the experience so often when I've asked questions to people who practice in this world they give me answers where I'm like well that sounds like a crock oh <laughs> You know what I mean? You know, well, it's sort of this and it's a bit of that. And you're like, no, you're just trying to sell me something here. This is garbage. Yeah. But I, I now the more I'm playing in the world and also the more techniques I'm learning and using with my clients, the mm. more I'm realizing how intensely difficult it is to explain it to people who don't, who haven't experienced it. When yeah. people have experienced it, language supports it well enough. And yeah. they go, oh, yes, I get what you mean. But when somebody's on the outside, like a lot of people, you know, maybe I'm talking to mums in the park um, after school pickup or whatever. And they're like, so what, you know, what do you do? <laughs> and then I try and explain it. People are like, Ooh, and they go, what? oh, do you mean that mindfulness thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, not really, but sort of, but no. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. hard to try and use language. Because um, we're trying to use the language of our brain instead of and I guess the feeling is the language of your body and that's the language of your energy system so if you want to interpret how something is on an energetic level and this again it's one of the practices within the book is take it to your body because that's what do you feel in that moment and and that experience if you don't have to give that experience a name like because we're often taught you know name the emotion feel the fear and and this kind of transcends the level of that because it's actually you know don't call it fear just feel the feeling in your body because that feeling that might be like a, a knot in your stomach and a bit of a rising sensation you might also think oh I'm excited and that could be the same feeling so it's taking it back to that visceral sensation and that's energy moving in your body um, and using that rather than some 
language to describe it, um, I guess, is if you can get somebody to feel the sensation, like where do you just what do you feel in your body? Where do you describe that? What's going on? And then having practices that alter that, that gives people that experience then of, oh, I get it. And this is, you know, when I've done talks and things before uh, events, I, I like to use the, the take it to the body example where you, you learn to do a, a central channel breath. And then also, okay, to think about a challenge that's happening in your life, go into that experience. Now, where do you feel it in your body? And, you know, do you feel lightheaded? Do you get a knot in your stomach? Do you get like a nausea or a just like your concentration's entirely gone or you get weak knees or something that happens in that moment? Mm. That's where your energy system is, is not flowing. That's that, that um, the area that's almost like a part of you that's offline. And then if you have a practice where you can move energy through that by using something like a breath technique, then people have a direct experience of going, oh, I felt that shift. So it's like I felt the thing before, the tightness, the uh, the nausea, the, the pain somewhere or something. And then you have a, a practice where you can feel that shift. It's, I guess, the practical way of going, okay, well, you know, if you're in a situation that felt awful and then you did this and you, you know that you've created a change. Um, and so it's, that goes beyond that level of language, doesn't it? Because uh, I understand what you mean, and, and the, the language to describe some things can sound very, again, woo-woo and inaccessible, and like, you know, you've got to be some cheesecloth wearing, I don't know, hippie that does mushrooms and things, <laughs> to, like feel the energy man, you know. Um, <laughs> and it's not, it's just, you know, what's the visceral sensation that goes with that? What do you notice? And we can label that as as a certain thing and then understand that we can move that as well is the other thing is like oh actually I do have the capacity to create a change in that then mm. I think that's what makes this accessible is is doing things like that is having the experience of it for yourself um rather than trying to describe how something should feel because it's different for everybody isn't it that's the thing you know, my feeling of um, if we're going to label it fear might be different from somebody else's, but it's still a part of my energy system that's not flowing. And if I can get that to flow again, then that sensation will shift and then I can feel differently mm. and behave differently and show up differently in my life. Um, and I guess that's helping you um, be in command of situations so rather than just reacting to life it gives you that ability to take pause and respond. Hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I think, and, and that probably is the key is like, we're so attached to the world around us, the things, the people that we kind of get thrown around by it quite a lot. If something changes in the outer world, if your boss says something or your kids do something or the car breaks or whatever yes that, that is an instant uh, like yeah. for god's sake <laughs> and i guess that for me was the key lesson of the book is that when you know how to create space enough space for you to be distanced from that thing to know that you can kind of calibrate your system to deal with that thing in a way that is helpful Yes. But that thing has less power. Whereas when yes. you don't know to access the space, that thing has so much power that it can chuck you around to the point where you end up not wanting to get out of bed and kind of behaving in ways that make you hate yourself. And all of that kind of stuff happens when you don't know how to create space. And I guess that's what the breath work and the body work does is it yeah. allows a moment of space between you, your thoughts and the realities that are around you. Yeah. And coming back on to self yeah. instead of to the thing out there is like, so what okay. do you mean by come back on to self? Um, so like you said, within that moment where, you know, uh, say your boss has just said something awful or the kids have acted up and um, it creates that response where you go, Oh God, you know, <laughs> um, and at that moment, your all of your attention is focused on the thing that's just, created that situation 
Whereas if you can bring it back on to you, that's when you can create that space, when you can respond instead of reacting, is, you know, just take that moment. And, and it might not be at that time, you might still react. <laughs> and then later on, go and recall it and then go, okay, how would I have liked that to have gone? Um, and create the space then and, and made the shift. So it's just, yeah, I think when our focus is always on the, the out there, the what's going on out there, and then we try to control that, but we cannot, you know, it's the illusion, isn't it? As if I, if I control other people, <laughs> other things, if I control time, I mean, because we can all, can all do that, can't we? Um, <laughs> then everything's going to be okay. But really, it's when we come back onto us, if we bring our attention back onto ourselves and our bodies and what we feel, then we can create a change in that, which allows us to show up in the way that's right for us. And then we don't have to try to control the things outside. <laughs> yeah, so true. Yeah. So while you were talking, something occurred to me as a sort of a skeptical mind listening to this, not mine, because my mind yeah. is opening quite nicely. I, I'm quite enjoying the process. But yeah. what I imagined was somebody sitting listening to this going, this is just a fancy way of saying counter 10. <laughs> well, yeah, if that works. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that thing that you get told as a kid? Okay, yeah. when you're angry, count to 10. Yeah. Does that feel like this is what this is? Or do you, is it something beyond that? I think it's beyond that because, I mean, you could be counting to 10 and going, this is a nightmare. I hate this. I can't control the situation, blah, blah, blah. But I'm counting to 10 because it's just what I'm going to do before I actually punch that person. <laughs> and then, <laughs> or you can pour and during that moment, you're actually doing something different. Like, where do I feel this? How do I breathe through that? So I'm, my attention is actually focused on me. And then where do I go after that? It's a different use of that time, I think, is to, to, to have that moment back for yourself, to get present again um, to yourself uh, rather than the situation. Okay. Um, so we're saying really that these practices can be quite similar if your object, if the thing that works for you is, okay, I just count to 10. Yeah. What you do in that 10 second period will determine whether you stay at the level of story and stay at the level of reactivity, or yes. you can create space and find a center, find some calm, come back to yourself. Yes. And we, it, we're, it's effectively a roadmap for what to do in the 10. Yeah. Yes. But also something that stood out for me when I was reading it, or I'm actually still reading it. Um, <laughs> and probably once I finish it, we'll go back to the beginning and go again. Um, oh, I've read it numerous times. <laughs> <There's> so <laughs> I've much. also got it on Audible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to it in Audible, but um, have the paper copy on order because I'm going to need to highlight and go back. It's yes. Yeah, point. absolutely. Yeah. Um, which now saying that has made me forget what I was going to say. Um, no idea. No, It'll come no back idea. to me. It'll come back to me. Tangents. <laughs> um, oh, but one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was um, once, like, you had this incredible experience, and you've mm -hmm. talked about it twice in our conversation, and both times, my whole body started tingling as you were telling that story, which again I now understand is like some kind of energetic connection. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when people listen to this kind of thing, if you aren't open to the world of woo, you go, please do me a favor. Like you got cold and you got tinglies, you know, that's how yeah. that, that sort of thing works. There's always an explanation in this world. There's always an alternative explanation that can completely negate the energy explanation. That That's one of the things also, I think, in the world of language, you can always find another explanation. It's coincidence. It's this, it's that. You know, we've we've got all the language for that. So it's it's really it's a bit like religious faith. Yes. It's, if you if you're into it and you believe, then you will find evidence that supports it. Of um, course. And we know this. I mean, it's confirmation bias. It's basic psychology. Um, but it this definitely feels to me like something more. But I think for anyone listening, if the world of woo is so far away from you right now. Um, some of the things that we're talking about are going to seem potentially far-fetched, but that is one of the great things about this book is that it helps ground 
this information in science and explain why we feel the way we feel and what yes. we're experiencing. Yes. But what I wanted to ask you, you had that amazing experience, mm -hmm. gave me shivers and tingles when you talked about it. When I started reading Dr. Sue's book, the, the next morning, so I've been struggling to sleep lately and mm -hmm. I've been waking at about four in the morning. And so the next morning I was awake at four and I decided to do some breathing, some of the things that I had learned in the book, but I also coupled it with um, the Wim Hof method. Oh, yes. Um, so if you're listening and you don't know what that is, it's basically you breathe in and out for around 30 breaths or so, then you hold your breath for as long as you can. Um, and you repeat that three times. So I was doing that, but I was coupling it with the sort of channel alignment yes. so again for those of you listening if you don't know what i'm talking about um in the um in the energy codes dr sue talks about kind of taking your attention from your head to your throat to your chest to your tummy and to your seat um your pelvic area and up again so as you breathe you go to the various energy points or they're often referred to as chakras um you pay attention to those and you breathe through those and there's some visualization that goes with it. So I was doing a combination of those two things. Yeah. And what ended up happening was I had this like whooshing of energy at the same time as where what would be referred to as the third eye looked like an eye, like my eyes were closed, but I saw an eye yeah. and then it changed color. It went from indigo to violet and back again. Now and now having listened to going up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I, I knew it was something. I felt it was something. And I had, I mean, even though I had been awake since four in the morning, I was so energized the whole day. Nothing phased me. My kids could do whatever, you know, I don't mean, you know, I just let them run yes. wild. But I mean, like nothing that they did could even remotely touch my ease yeah yeah that was about two or three days ago yesterday I was in a grumpy mood the whole day <laughs> and the Wim Hof breathing didn't do anything and I tried the channel kind of focus I tried to catch it in my body and I eventually gave up and watched tv and ate crisps so what I'm interested in knowing is like why why once you access stuff like that doesn't it stick around because we're human <laughs> <laughs> damn it <laughs> um and i think the thing is when something like that occurs any new experience it just takes time to not to uh, there can be a tendency to want to recreate that thing um rather than just to let that be the experience that happened. Um, and, I, and I think, again, when any kind of energetic practice is really just bringing you back onto that experience like you had of that wholeness, like nothing, nothing outside bothered you because you were like, okay in you. <laughs> and, mm. uh, and that doesn't mean that that can't come back and there'll be various ways it can. But, you know, it, learning to sustain that is something that just takes a little more time. At least now you know it's possible. <laughs> and so that's the first step, isn't it? Is that awareness of, oh, crikey, that happened. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the only way you can ever get back to that is by being awake at 4 a.m. and doing some work that um, opened up your third eye. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sue actually calls your first eye. Uh, <laughs> Um, and interesting that it was at 4am because that's, you know, your body's neurotransmitters are at certain levels during that time, like melatonin is high. Um, and so the visual experiences of things can occur during that moment. And the fact that you were awake at that point, you might have perceived as being annoying, but actually that was probably what your body needed. And that's, and so you, that's why you were awake at that point. And if you tell yourself the story, oh, I'm going to be knackered all day because I was awake at 4am then that's what happens isn't it but you, you had a shift that didn't even mean that you needed to go into that story <laughs> um, so yeah so how do we make this sustainable it is really is learning the things that throw us off center I think is becoming aware of 
uh, when that happens and becoming aware of the various ways that we can bring ourselves back onto that. And also that we are human and there are days when the thing that you're going to do is is just surrender and, and just and stop trying because the the thing about the trying is the can be the problem as well as like I've got to get that there and, <laughs> and so you're already in the energy of like this has got to go this is wrong or bad and I must shift it as opposed to in that kind of curious state of oh let's see what happens if I do this you know yeah. there's there's all the different nuances to it mm-hmm. um but but yeah I mean that is the the, the grail isn't it almost is like how can I just get back there in the instant yeah. um but yeah yeah the over trying and the forcing never works does it no no <laughs> I think that's probably that I think is the key the the key lesson for me from the book yeah. is moving from a place of trying and doing to a place of allowing yes curiosity um and again I think that's a very human potentially masculine energy yeah um way of doing things like my until probably what two years ago three years ago I operated in a corporate space which is quite a male dominated space even even though you know there are lots of women doing amazing things in that space the energy of like you know work until you fall over is still quite prevalent in that space um yeah and so it's the thing isn't it it's like you've got to do and just do it and go for it and make it happen get shit done all those words you know um and that becomes a story that we live by um and then when you're forcing that, it's so much harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing also, like if you want to, if you want to get into that world, action is valued so much more than stillness. Yeah. So it's very easy to create those patterns. And when something isn't working to push harder and that yeah. voice, you know, like for me, a little bit at the beginning when I had that first experience and then you know, the following day, it wasn't quite the same. And so I was like, okay, I must, like, I'm not doing it well enough. That's, that's what's wrong here. I'm not. There we go. And, you know, <laughs> the energy of trying and the energy of judgment and the, I'm doing something wrong and this isn't right and that needs to change. And, you know, it's basically another version of the I'm not good enough story. Mm-hmm. Just playing yeah. out in, you know, I clearly can't do this. She can, other people can, yeah. I can't. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Yes, yes. <laughs> Whereas, like, all of that, again, is at the level of story. Yeah. And so we have to let it go. Yeah. But letting go, uh, the, the image that came to me was a ball of really sticky tape that had gotten all knotted and, <laughs> like, and stuck on me. And yeah. no matter how much, like every time I tried, it stuck to a different part of me. That's what letting go sometimes feels like. Yeah. So what are some of the practices? People are listening to this going, okay, I totally relate to that energy of trying and the, and also the desire. Like I really want to let go. I really want mm. to experience what Natalie and Lisa have been talking about. Where did they start? Okay. Well, what just dropped into my mind there is that well, the whole thing is about is, is who you're being while you're doing what you're doing. So, you know, if action, 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 but from a place of force, makes things hard, doesn't it? But action or some action (laughs) from a place of allowing is different. It's the energy that you're showing up in to do those things. So I just want to stop you. Can you go back and say that again? Who you're being? Who you're being while you're doing what you're doing is the thing. Okay. Um, That feels important. Yes. I mean, that. I think that's literally the key to everything (laughs) is how you're showing up to take your action. Um, if you're taking it from a place of force and push, it's very different from a place of um, curiosity and, and fun and freedom. And there's a great practice actually within the book, which is um, don't want it, have it. So if you were to think, and I've used this example with people before, if you were to think about something now that you say like your favorite food and you and it's not in the house, the shops are shut, you can't have it and you're craving it, you want it. Like you really, really want that thing and feel in your body where you feel that wanting sensation that, you know, it's just, it's, and there's just no possibility of you having it. And I don't know about for anybody listening, but certainly for me, 
I can already feel the tightening when the wanting is there and, and you know, like my hackles go up and it feels uncomfortable and puts me into a stress response. So, you know, I'll be pumping out adrenaline and I'm not going to be thinking straight and all of those lovely things at that time. Whereas then if you come to the experience now, just imagine you just ate that thing. You just had it. You've had that thing and feeling the satisfaction and what that was like. It was your favorite food and it feels wonderful and you, you've had it. It's already there. And then again, I don't know about for anybody else right now, I just feel that, oh, that relaxation and the dropping of the resistance is in there. And that's, it's the difference then is, isn't it? Is, is how are you showing up in stress energy of I've got to get this done, I must force it. Or in the, it's already happened energy and trust and feeling that kind of sensation so that you're in, I guess, shifting from sympathetic mode into parasympathetic mode, you're, you're more relaxed about what you're doing. And that's how you can show up and take action from a different place is, and again, that was all we did there was control our state a little bit by shifting energy. And we did that by thinking about it. So sometimes there's this notion that, oh, I've got to understand how to move all these things and what have you, but you, you, you literally don't. It's just feel what you feel and then if you've got a practice to be able to be able to change what that feeling is, then you've shifted energy. That was it. That's that's the key, you know. Um, so does that make sense? Though? It does. It does. And it also reminded me of something I remember learning in uh, mindset coaching when mm. we were first training, um, which is, of course, where we met. Yes. Um, was that point about there are no unresourceful people only unresourceful states yeah. and I think that that probably ties in with that really important thing you just said about who you're being while you're doing what you're doing mm. like when I think about who I'm being when I'm in an unresourceful state versus yeah. who I'm being when I'm in a state that allows me to access my best quality thinking that allows me to let things go that allows me to feel good while I'm doing whatever it is yeah. if I'm thinking about you know the thing that's coming to mind is my six-year-old next week to be seven-year-old son who is the person who can probably push my buttons better than anybody else in the world yeah. um, and who I'm being when I'm unresourceful with him is a person who is going to leave him with stuff that he will later have to unlearn mm -hmm. things that if he were to repeat and take on would mean that he will have his own unresourceful states and he will also do things that aren't helpful to him and that will keep him stuck but when I'm in a resourceful state and he does something and he loses his temper about brushing his teeth or whatever yeah because it's the worst thing in the world yeah of course <laughs> who could possibly take three minutes to hold the toothbrush <laughs> <laughs> so those kinds of things determine how I show up and that determines what I end up doing yeah. and also funnily enough determines what he ends up doing yeah um, it's the filter through which you view him as well isn't it this yeah. is that that whole thing about beliefs isn't it you know is the filter through which we view life and if you believe that like uh, he's going to push my buttons today and I'm not going to be able to cope with it because I've got to do x y and z then that's very likely to occur <laughs> and you can only show up looking at life through that particular filter can't you mm. until you decide to change that and there's that whole awareness of it and then the feeling of it and then the shifting of it isn't there yeah yeah and I guess that's the other thing that comes from space is once you have space you see options yeah like there are no options there's only the filter that you're currently looking through if there's no space that filter is basically taped to your face you know like that's the only <laughs> yeah. thing you can look through but if you could take four steps back you'd be able to turn your head and look that there are like five or six filters to pick from yeah and then you could put on another one and that will put you into a more resourceful state Yes. Even if it's not the most resourceful, it could be more resourceful. No, exactly. Yeah. Again, we don't, there's that kind of that black and white thinking that can come up with everything, isn't there? And perfectionism, like I must be like this. And if it's not that, then it's still wrong. But, you know, even a step forward on uh, where something was a day ago is going the way that you want it to do, isn't it? And your experience of that then is changed. Um, because you're being a different way whilst you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. 
um but yeah that's absolutely certainly the thing I always like to come back to is is and when I work with clients as well it's like who are you being while you're doing what you're doing that's that's the thing if you're if you're feeling unfocused and not present and believing it's not possible and, and all of those things what you're doing is going to feel harder is going to take more time and then maybe you choose to numb from that by procrastinating scrolling Facebook doing whatever not because that's what you want to do or you're doing that on purpose but because that feels better so if you have ways to shift your feeling and your believing then it helps you be differently hmm. Hmm. even if life doesn't change then things start to feel better anyway yes hmm. yeah and I guess that's that it's that whole control thing again isn't it it's like stop trying to control everything outside and then you know the, the answers really are the wisdom is always inside mm. um, and when we can access our wisdom <laughs> instead of accessing our stories and our, our beliefs and the unhelpful filters that are just there because we've done them for so long you know we don't do them on purpose but uh, but yeah it's open you it opens you up to possibility doesn't mm. it yeah Absolutely. which is a far nicer place to be <laughs> yes yeah when there are options things get easier yeah. yeah yeah so before we kind of bring our conversation to a close what would you say is the one thing that you would love people to take from our conversation or the one thing you've taken from the book that if people take nothing else and only that it will help okay well, there's so many golden nuggets in there, but um, I guess the thing is that the wisdom is always in you, which can sound like a bit of a, oh, yeah, the answer's always but it, it honestly is the truth. And if you can, when you can access that, it's not an if, it, this is available to all of us. It's not something that is, is difficult, but, but just learning to tune back into yourself and to your body and to how that feels in the moment, rather than going up into our head about what it means, is such a powerful thing. Um, and then, you know, there are many ways, people don't need to use practices from this, but whatever you've got, like literally if that pause to get back onto how you feel, is that counting to 10, is taking some deep belly breaths, you know, you don't need, you know, all of the tools and the techniques from this book, but just something that brings you back onto you and puts you back in your, your true power really, because at that moment you can make a decision from a better place, then that would be my, my kind of key takeaway is just is bringing things back onto your body and that that's, that's where the wisdom is. Um, and just taking pause to, to access that is, it just makes life easier. <laughs> And it is, I think, one thing I forgot to mention earlier when we we're talking is just it does bring it back to that more feminine aspect, I believe, as well, is away from the masculine, which can be very mind and doing into the body, which is the feeling and the being. But it's not just that polar opposite of, oh, OK, yeah, well, if I just sit on a yoga mat and meditate, everything's going to be fine. It's very practical. So there is a doing element to it, but it's it's aligned doing, not yeah. doing for doing's sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the way the way it feels to me as to where that difference lies is I've noticed it in myself that when my energy aligns, the doing happens in a different way than when my energy is off. Um, and so if you're doing for doing sake, if you're doing, there's a sense of catastrophe or what if or fear or proving that yes. lies behind it like you must you have to go 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 that yes. voice of going I'm so tired I can't even think and then that other voice that comes behind going you cannot you stop you must stop do this. Yeah. yeah that that is the doing for the doing's sake and yeah. that is a very good indication that you are going to have to ex exert a hell of a lot more energy from a place of stuckness and the doing is going to hurt a little more than it would otherwise. The energy of doing from the place of alignment, it's like half of it happens for you. Like <laughs> things pop into your mind as whole sentences, like, you know, when I'm writing my website copy or something, 
things just drop in whole images come together like an infographic that I could create that will explain what I mean yeah um, whereas when I'm in the energy of doing where I'm like I have to finish the web page today and so I sit down <laughs> with a pen and I'm like I need an infographic Jesus why can't I think of anything and then I you know I've got 15 pieces of paper on the floor whereas when things are aligned it almost comes to me whole and so the if we can just allow five minutes or 10 minutes to walk away mm. and allow alignment to happen, the doing could happen in half the time. Like, I think that's yes. the part that we miss is like, I haven't got 10 minutes. Jesus, are you kidding me? Like, I can't even go to the toilet because yeah. I'm, I'm so busy. Because <laughs> uh, I'll answer five emails while I'm on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But in the absence of, of living, if, if we live that way, there's no possibility for space. And this whole thing is about the creation of space to allow for something more resourceful. So I guess that's the thing yeah. that for me is the part, the being able to diagnose when the doing is happening from a place of being chased by a stick or when the doing is happening because like every part of you is open to just being able to access your best. And yes. And have it produced from a place of your whole self um yeah. like a part of you that knows more than you know yeah that can give it to you and go here you go this is it i've yeah. thought it all through i've done it all while you were in the loo here you go <laughs> <laughs> it's done yeah because it's amazing how like ideas or if you're on a busy busy day like that and you've had the forcing i mean sometimes and i i know that feeling well uh but like an idea will drop to me in the shower Hmm. And it's because I'm not trying to think of one at that point. <laughs> I'm just washing my hair and getting clean and la la la. Uh, but if I try to think of a, a thing, then it's the trying is the problem, isn't it? But I totally understand. And um, I think finding that balance between is recognizing how or trying to recognize more quickly when we're in that forcing moments and then take it being kind enough to ourselves to take that five minutes to to pause and allow instead of you know spending another hour trying to force something out whereas if we took 10 minutes break five minutes break maybe we could come back with fresh eyes and then the things there um but yeah because it's self-imposed pressure isn't it <laughs> um but yes yeah and it's and i think that's just it is a balance isn't it it's it's a it's a learning it's an understanding of you know how conscious can I be of the times I'm going into forcing and how quickly can I take myself out of that <laughs> um, and it and it's just something that has to be played with because there's a lot of I mean certainly for me I have a lot of fear about not getting stuff done so it, it's you know again balancing that isn't it of like okay what well, but if I still sit here trying to force it out that's not helping me either yeah, yeah so, absolutely yeah um we're fast running out of time however <laughs> I would love to ask you one more question even <clears throat> though it doesn't really fit with the people you work with so I know you work with yeah. business owners which means they don't have bosses breathing down their necks yeah. but again I'm sort of thinking about everything we've spoken about with they breathe down their own necks yes though. they do yeah. and probably clients as well they might have clients <laughs> breathing down their necks um but one of the objections that I often used to get was people saying like it's not my choice I wouldn't be pushing myself as if my life depended on it. But how do you say to your boss who's paying your salary, no, because I've only got an hour left and you've just given me six hours worth of work. Like now, now you want me to go meditate? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> um, so how does this all work when you actually physically feel like it, it's not even your choice? Yeah. There's always a choice <laughs> because again, that's another, it, it is a story. And I, I understand that it feels like there is that external pressure, but I think some of that comes from the feeling we have within ourselves. that It's not okay for us to say no and not okay to have that conversation and for fear of, but what's going to happen. They're going to say this and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I appreciate within a workplace things need to be done but again who you're being while you're doing what you're doing is going to influence what the outcome of that is 
Um, and so I, you know, any change within organization still requires change within the individuals to allow that to happen, doesn't it? Yeah, I think what you're alluding to is, is again, the same thing that we've spoken about so far is in that situation, we're looking at that one, you've given me six hours of work and I have one hour to do it in. Yeah. So we're stuck in the, that's the only filter. Yeah. But really when you widen out to think about the relationship you have, the way that's built up, the ability to make an objection, how you would do so in a way that your boss will hear you. Um, All of those things, like in this particular situation, you might need to get the work done in the hour that you have. Yes. But again, if it's coming from a place of alignment, maybe it's possible. Maybe it takes six hours from a place of pushing and forcing, Mm. but it only takes one hour if uh, that part of your mind that's going, this is so unfair, this is so unfair, this is so unfair, could just be quiet. (laughs) Maybe it would be easier. So I guess there is a lot to explore there and a lot to think about, like, you know, whether the story is you have to stay in the job. There are no other options. It's catastrophe if you don't have that job because you won't get another one. How big, like, yeah. Do I need to value myself enough to leave this role where my value is constantly being challenged? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Where I constantly have to be somebody I don't want to be being treated in a way I don't want to be treated Yes. um, because I feel like I can't have anything else. So that's a bigger question. So I guess that's, now I've opened that Pandora's box and, yeah. and we'll have to leave it there. Um, <laughs> but I guess that's the thing to think about is when you're dealing with, what this book can help us do is recognize that when we're dealing with big stuff and when we're dealing with situations where we feel like we don't have choices, we feel like we're stuck or we feel like we're not our best selves, that there's a layer beneath the stories we're telling. And once we can access it, more answers or better questions Mm, will reveal themselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, just that shifting who you're being in that moment. Mm. Yeah. So, so helpful. Thank you so much. A, for recommending the book. B, for talking to me about it. Such (laughs) a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, And so if people want to reach out to you, Um, If people want to look at the kind of work you're doing, where are the best sort of places to find you on social media? Okay, so social media, my Facebook is facebook.com forward slash lisaarcher.co.uk. And then on Instagram, I am at lisaarcher.co.uk. Okay, cool. Um, So would would you say, um, so on social media, the best places to find you would be Facebook Instagram Facebook and Instagram yeah um I also have a Facebook group called the social uh, social (laughs) soulful success club um which is for female business owners and it's really about you know the the things that we can do to keep ourselves um achieving success in a way that feels good and not from a place of force something that lights up our soul instead of burning us out (laughs) fantastic okay that is definitely something that i think all business owners (laughs) benefit from (laughs) and i am in that group and uh and and very much enjoying the content that you're um that you're sharing so for anyone listening if you want to get in touch um if you've missed those links then you can find them on the show notes page which you can find at bighappylife.co.uk you'll find access to all of lisa's social media there and also access to her website so Lisa, thank you so much. It's been a huge Thank you, Natalie. It's been really lovely. Thank you very much. You know, it's really funny. Uh, when I book to speak to a guest, I always ask for a maximum of an hour of their time. And I always watch that. You'll hear as we get closer and closer to the hour that I keep referencing, you know, we're running out of time, we're running out of time. And I'm always so conscious of the time. But as it turns out, after we stopped our recording, Lisa and I chatted for another 45 minutes and I wish I had kept the recording going because some of the things that we ended up talking about were so vital to the understanding of this world. And so I just want to take a couple more minutes to share some of the things that we ended up talking about in the hope that it will help you to make sense of some of it and also then potentially, you know, have a look at the book and gather more of this information for yourself. But one of the things that Lisa talked about after I pressed stop was that experience that she mentioned at the Joe Dispenza event. And she talked about how in Dr. Sue's book, 
there's reference made to those kinds of experiences on the basis that, you know, they are so miraculous feeling and so wonderful, but they almost take us out of our bodies, like into another dimension away from this life. And so one of the things that can be really difficult with experiences like that is that we want to recreate them. And I guess that was my trouble that I had when I did that breathing and saw the different colors and the third eye and all that stuff is that in the absence of being able to recreate that, we experience a sense of dissatisfaction. And Lisa described that as well. So after the Joe Dispenza event, she kind of wanted to recreate that experience and she didn't particularly want to go home because she didn't want to go back to her actual life. She wanted to stay there and do more of those types of practices to recreate that experience that she'd had. And so one of the things that's worth thinking about in this world of energy is when you go into it with a view of almost being removed from or transcending this world, at some point you always have to come back unless you're leaving forever, you know what I mean? So we are in this physical world, so we have to be in the physical world. And that's kind of what this book and the things that Lisa and I have been talking about are all about is, is, is bridging those two, is saying we've got to recognize the world of energy and learn how to tap into it in order to genuinely connect with ourselves. And when we do that, we can make the most of being in the physical world. We can make the most of kind of experiencing our relationships and our work and the different experiences that the world has to offer. We can interact with those in a different way than we would if we were kind of stuck in our minds and constantly just being thrown around by whatever's happening or whatever we believe and um, the way we apply meaning. So that was the first real key thing is we're not talking about transcending your body and moving off into some kind of other sphere where you are just light floating around. This is all about saying, yes, those experiences do seem to be possible for a lot of people, but even if you have one of them, you still ultimately are going to carry on living your life in whatever way that presents. So the practices that you could learn are much more about being able to live your life in a way that feels good to you, in a way that's enjoyable, in a way that means something important to your fulfillment. And I think that part is really important, that all of the things we talk about on this podcast are about living the best life we can, feeling that bit more in control, being able to weather the tough stuff and being great role models for our kids. And being able to do that when you're in the thick of things, but you are able to access you, I mean, the true essence of you, the whole you, the one that can look past frustration, that can manage stress in really helpful, resourceful ways. The person who can do their best thinking and can kind of interact with other people in ways that are helpful. All of that stuff determines what life feels like. And these practices can help you to do that much more successfully. So again, as a final reminder, the book that we were talking about is The Energy Codes by Dr. Sue Mortar. You'll find a link to the book in the show notes page and also just a reminder that you'll find links to all of Lisa's social media and her website on the same page. You'll find it at bighappylife.co.uk. So that's it for this week's episode. If you have enjoyed it and you would like to share it with someone else who you think would also benefit from listening, that would be amazing. As would a review if you have enjoyed the episode and you would like to leave a review, that would really help the podcast attract some new listeners and that would be wonderful. For now though, thanks for listening. Thank you.